podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to Footballers Extra Time. I'm your host Hunter and today we've got a special guest, Foot Fanatic Ben from the Foot Fanatic Podcast. Ben, thanks for joining us today. How are you? I'm good. Thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate it. Anytime. We're happy to have you, Steve. How are you doing? Yep, doing pretty well, Hunter. Just finished up a few coaching sessions, so my head's very much in foot at the moment. And yeah, it's going to be good having a chat with Ben. Looking forward to it. All right. Well, we're going to jump right into it. This is going to be a foot nostalgia podcast. So what we're going to be doing is going through a, a series of questions, and we're going to talk about when we got started playing foot, mainly Ben and Steve. And uh just kind of go through a brief history of foot and uh, what they liked about other titles, what are they least like, and uh, go from there. So jump right in. Ben, when did you first start playing foot? Um, technically, I started playing FIFA 15, but um, you know, I didn't really start to get going towards the very end of 17 and then really started to go heavy in 18. But yet i i think i started to dabble in 15 and then really started getting really heavy into it in about 18 mm. steve how about you i've played fifa since time immemorial really um i couldn't tell you the first well hold uh, that's that's see that's a different discussion see i've been playing fifa since like 1995 ah. right but ultimate team i've only been you know really playing for the last like 4 years or so sorry to interrupt you steve I'd, I'd have thought you'd be more professional than that, Ben. But uh, no, I'll, I'll roll. You can with interrupt it. Steve whenever you like. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, just sort of leading in. You know, I've, I've played FIFA for for years and years in career mode, but um, for for me, really started about FIFA sixteen. I would say um, that's when my sort of standard of gameplay really started elevating. I think probably hit my peak in about seventeen, maybe eighteen. And it's all been downhill since then for me, really. <laughs> Old age catching up, you know. Developing arthritis. and I'm not really developing arthritis in the fingers, but I'm sure it'll happen one day. Got that to look forward to. You basically have to give up one or the other, Steve. Either, either FIFA or the chronic masturbation. <laughs> I, the masturbation always wins, Ben. That's, that's, that's a no-brainer. All right. Will you be a coach at that too? <laughs> um... Well, where do I sign? Fucking hell! Um, See, I feel I, I feel a little freer now because I don't have John here and I don't have this attachment to the New England Revolution, so I feel a little better. Uh, oh, yeah. Go a little further here. You go as deep as you like. No pun intended. Ohio. Well, there's, there's probably a gap in the market there, Ben. To be fair, I mean, I don't think there are many podcasts <laughs> about um, masturbation improvement techniques. I'd I'd hope that everybody pretty much knows what they're doing by this point. To be honest with you. Mm, fair point <laughs> all right um that escalated quickly um when was the first foot do you guys know what year oh nine i believe it was oh nine it was either oh nine or ten but i didn't start playing until 12 and uh i got really heavy into it in about 13 i think my peak was 15 and i've been very casual since then but uh speaking of casual What's your favorite game mode to play, Ben? Um, well, I was always a uh, always a career mode guy. I was stubborn with it for a long time. That was always my favorite. But then it just got so stagnant. 
And the old co-host on the show, Alex, he was he was working at the same radio station I was, and he kept badgering me saying, you got to play Ultimate Team, you got to try it out. And I'd already done it with Madden a little bit, so I tried it out with FIFA, and then I, ever since I started doing that, I've never bought another Madden game again. What were your so, initial impressions when you first went to foot? Um, so there's, it was there's a lot to take in. 15 or so. I, I think it was just a little too overwhelming, so that's why I didn't. I like mm. it. it would be one of those things where I played it for a weekend and then I went right back to career mode. So I think it was just overwhelming. So when I really got into Ultimate Team, I had to watch a few YouTube videos to kind of figure out what exactly was going on. Because if you just even a couple of years ago, if you just dive right in, it's like, okay, so how do all of these things connect to each other? How do you maximize this? And so thankfully, there was a bunch of YouTubers out there and. You know, I could watch and kind of figure out at least what made sense and what was the right path to do. Because even though I had done Madden Ultimate Team, it was very different in how it was kind of set up in a lot of ways. I remember when I first came into it, I'd be dumbfounded by watching some of those videos, probably similar ones that you're talking about, where people would just whiz through the menus, you know, listing players up and searching for players. And it was all just like a foreign language to me. It does take some time to, to get to grips with it. And I think that oftentimes we kind of take that for granted with people coming into the game. I think uh, I think maybe on football, certainly at the, uh, the start of the, the next cycle, we should really uh, spend a bit more time with the newcomers. What's, what specific game mode in foot is your favorite? Oh, um, I mean, I don't love squad battles. It's just easier with the way kind of how my home life works you know, being able to pause the game in the middle and walk away for five, 10 minutes mm-hmm. or have to walk the dogs in the middle. So it's squad battles is more of a convenience thing for me than anything. Yeah. Um, I guess now I, I don't know, maybe it is still squad battles because I don't have to deal with the bullshit from, you know, dealing with other people and the nonsense that goes on within a game. It's so rare that you can find just a straight up game. It feels like every, other game you play whether it be rivals or not so much rivals anymore but maybe friendlies or weekend league it just there's a lot of crap involved and it's seemingly unnecessary and kind of saps the fun out of it so at least with squad battles i can kind of just play the game not worry about any of the extracurricular noise and just try and have as much fun as possible yeah steve and i were kind of talking about that that we think squad battles is is often overlooked and underrated for that reason um it's it's more of a, a pure game mode if you will it's it's one, like you said, you can play and you're not going to be influenced by someone else ruining your time on the game. You're just trying to enjoy it, right? Yeah, and you don't have that same type of pressure in trying to build your squad the same way to compete yes. in weekend league. So it allows you to play a different way. And and here's the other thing, especially like two years ago with like Second Man Press and all that stuff where they could really pressure the hell out of you in terms of an actual person doing it. Uh, it could get really frustrating. And at least with squad battles, you can try out players that are not quite the same. Like you could try out a Tony Cruz and have Mm -hmm. some success with him in squad battles because the pace is different. Even on higher levels, the pace is different. And, you know, you you allow yourself more squad variability, which I think breathes more life into the game, even though I think EA has done a pretty good job this year with allowing people to build as many different possible squads from the lowest level player all the way to the highest. Yeah, I would agree on all points. Steve, what do you think? I think uh, that's pros and cons to squad battles, much as is the case with anything else. I think that, I mean, I I sometimes go into squad battles myself to 
try a new tactic to look at how the AI works, to look at how players position themselves with work rates, um, with different instructions and what have you. Because it's less, as Ben says, it's less hectic. You can you can take your eye off the ball, so to speak, and and get a better idea of of how things are actually going. Um, that's the the plus side. On the on the negative side, I think it's really easy to develop a lot of bad habits in squad battles that you'd get punished for pretty heavily if you were playing online. Um, I think you tend to press the ball very aggressively in squad battles because the the AI, when you're playing against it, is quite predictable. Um, it's not going to yeah. take advantage of mistakes that you make the way that a, an actual human would. Um, and yeah, I, I think that you can just, if you're not careful, you, you've got to be very much aware, I think, that you're playing a very different game mode and mm-hmm. make sure that you uh, you keep separation between how you play in squad battles and how you're playing in the, uh, the online modes. Yeah, makes sense. What about your least favorite mode and why, Ben? Uh, I mean, a couple of years ago it was Rivals, but I would actually say Weekend League is probably my least favorite. The time constraints, it's the weekend. Um, you know, I, I've got other stuff to do. Yeah. So I think that's why it ends up kind of being my least favorite. And then when you look at the end of it, you know, especially if you watch either Twitch or YouTube and you watch people rip packs and all that stuff, very, very rarely, um, you know, do they get just rewards for spending that much time on a weekend. So that would probably be my least favorite. I would agree. Um, although I, I, this year I think Rivals is my my least favorite but weekend league is a close second it's it's mainly like you said the time factor uh we we talked about it a few times on our pod but we think that it would be better if it was a start on a friday end on a monday type of deal you know four day weekend league instead of a three because like you said it really does take a time commitment and you're not rewarded for it like you said um steve your least favorite game mode my least favorite is is squad battles um i get bored (laughs) quite easily in squad battles i don't like doing the um the icon swaps objectives. I, I think it is a real grind. Um, it's okay if you've got something else going on, I suppose. Um, and I, I don't understand the reasons why Ben's saying that, that he plays it quite a lot. I think that really the different game modes are really more attractive to different areas of the demographic. I think that probably squad battles and what have you is is more appealing to, dare I, dare I say it, more mature members of the community such as ourselves. Well, to an extent, I, let me back you up on that. I, I, instead yep. of mature, you can say we're a little bit older. Um, yep. You know, you have to realize we grew up, and the only time you would play other people was in person. There was no. This yeah. is going to sound like we're friggin' ancient right now, but you know, you weren't playing games over the internet, especially if you grew up with things like Sega Genesis. It was only when your friends came over, you went your friend over your friend's house, would you actually play each other? Most of the time, you played. You know, if you were enough of a gamer was by yourself against the computer so i think there's there's partly a comfort factor in that too that's a good yeah. point I can, I can certainly relate to that um and it's this yeah it's, it's a known quantity isn't it you can as i said you know the, the ai is pretty predictable um and you can easily slot into a comfort zone there but going on to the other game modes the the rivals and and weekend league i think that one of the big deals here and why I'm not too fussed about it, I can take it or leave it, really. I, I don't particularly like it. I don't particularly dislike it. If I want to play some competitive FIFA, I'll normally hop into Div Rivals. Um, if I feel like I've got time and I'll enjoy it at the weekend, I'll play Weekend League. It's, it's been a while since I have, really. 
But um, I, I think the important thing to carry into that is is the mentality, um, because a lot of people don't really seem to realise that in many ways. I mean, yeah, okay, ostensibly we're playing against other people, online opponents, yeah. But we're also playing against ourselves. We're, we're really battling our own expectations of ourselves. So, you know, we may go into it thinking, let, let's say your co-host on Foot Fanatic, Ben John, he's, his expectation is going to be to hit Elite 2, Elite 1 at least, okay? And if he doesn't hit that, he's going to be disappointed. So in that sense, he's battling against himself. The average player is going to get an average number of wins, which would be 15. So again, you know, it's about setting the expectations. And one of the frustrating things for me about the way that FIFA is set up at the moment, that Foot is set up at the moment, is the whole skill-based matchmaking thing. Because, I mean, I, I've talked about this so often now, I don't want to repeat myself, but it, it's it's uncomfortable to me that the game is designed so that you will win one and not win two. You'll effectively win one, draw one, and lose one. And I think that for the average player, that makes it quite frustrating. Yeah, considering the, the time commitment that you're putting into it, right? Yeah, and uh, as, as Ben rightly pointed out, the rewards are not great. And it's I think it's a real challenge for EA to, to make losing a bit more rewarding. You know, um, other games manage to do it. Uh, maybe they could introduce some sort of XP system so that you can upgrade your team still. But at the moment, I mean, you're getting, what, 500 coins? And, you know, that that's for an investment of 15 minutes and you're, you're effectively walking away with absolutely nothing. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and I would, I would argue that you could probably generate more coins, packs, and rewards just by playing squad battles, even if it was just 20 squad battles a week versus the average player getting gold three in weekend league because your red picks, like you said, they're... Few and far between. It's so so rare you're going to get the top tier player, but you could just play you know two three games every day during the week of squad battles, and you could probably get I would think elite three maybe if you played on ultimate. I don't play a whole lot of squad battles, but that's just me guessing. Uh, um, yeah, if you played like three a day and you played on legendary and ultimate, you'll be in that elite area and if you hit elite one which isn't that hard to do because not a tremendous amount of people are playing squad battles uh it's thirty thousand coins and two rare mega packs well, that's, that's decent. not bad yeah yeah so when you think about it i i think the rewards in squad battles you know in terms of the time investment that you put in far outweigh that of weekend league i would agree and you don't get frustrated I would think as well that if you if you applied yourself over the entire cycle of foot doing that and you were hitting elite three or above each week, you'd, you'd soon find yourself with a pretty hefty team. I would think. I'd think that you'd be able to uh, to build something pretty decent. Well, that's how you know two years ago I'd ended up building an all icon squad because that's how I was doing it, um, and I didn't have to try and. You know, I kind of touched on it earlier. One of the benefits is you don't have to try and keep pace with everyone else in terms of your squad. So you don't mm. have to keep constantly making large investments to upgrade one position here, one position there, just to keep up in weekend league or do entire renovations of your squad because it's become obsolete now in weekend league. You just, you know, naturally progress it or you can, you can kind of dictate the pace you want to progress your own squad throughout mm. the life cycle of FIFA. 
In terms of yeah. being able to pause in squad battles, what's that? I mean, we've all had it. I think it's you know when you're playing an online game. Have we all had those moments where somebody will want you to? I don't know. Um, reach down a jar from the top shelf was normally my favourite one because uh, <laughs> my partner was quite short and I'm quite a big lad. Um, what what what's the biggest frustrations when it's come to that? I mean, what what's the most sort of crucial part of a game of off memory where you've where you found it difficult because of real life intruding? With regards to actually playing against someone online or in squad battles. Yeah, where you've where you've had to pause and you've thought, oh fuck, I really I really don't want to do this right now. Oh. Um yeah, mostly it relates to the dogs. All of a sudden the dogs are in my face barking, they need to go out and it's like it's the eightieth minute we've I'm I'm down one here. I'm trying to pull this back. You know, that's not that infrequently. Yeah. And that's, I, I think that's why modes like division rivals and foot champs probably much more appealing to, uh, to younger players because they don't have these commitments that can impinge. Yeah. I mean, I, I've, I've got someone that's saying, Hey, uh, we, we've got an appointment. We need to go now. And it's like, ah, damn it. Or dogs need to go out. They're barking or, or they're going to shit on the floor. It's like, Hmm. Is this game of FIFA really worth uh, the next 15 minutes cleaning up dog shit off the floor? No. <laughs> but whereas you're 15, all, all you've got to turn around and say is, oh, mom, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, clean, I'll clean my room later. Leave me alone. <laughs> exactly. What if that game would have got you into top 100? Would you be willing to clean up the shit then? Uh, I guess it would depend on the shit. Mm. Do I take the gamble? <laughs> standard, standard dog shit. <sighs> no. No, I don't think it's worth it. On the floor, not the carpet. Mm. Good point. We do have hardwood floors. Yeah. Yeah, and it's a standard one. All right, I'll take it. For top 100? Yeah, I'll take yeah. it. I'd, yeah, I'd wipe I'd, that shit up all day. I'd definitely let it sit there till I could pause, and then when the pause came, just go and grab a handful of toilet paper, loo roll, whatever you guys call it, and just scoop it up and put it somewhere, and then clean it up later. Wait, do y'all call it something other than toilet paper? Toilet paper, bog roll, loo paper. What was the what was that middle one? Bog roll. Bog roll. Yeah. What is that? I get the loo roll. That makes sense to me. But yeah. what's bog the, roll? The, the, bog is a euphemism for the toilet in the UK. I'm going to the bog. All right. Hmm. So weird. Hmm. Steve strikes me as like a single ply kind of guy. <laughs> I I don't really. It doesn't bother me to be honest. As long as it does the job, I'm not really that that fussy. I'm a folder. <laughs> we won't go into it any more than that. Okay. Fair enough. Do you, I want to go a little <laughs> bit further with this. Do you have it where it folds over or under? Ooh. Um, I. Do you mean the way that the loo paper comes off the roll? No, the toilet paper. <laughs> it's got to come over the top, obviously. Anybody who has it come under is a savage. I would agree. I think we, we've found an accord here. All right. There we are. Meta. Oh, great. Moving on. <laughs> Yeah, that's, moving on from the ball. Those, those are the um, meta tactics. <laughs> meta toilet paper techniques right here. Yeah, there Footballers, you go. baby. Um, what is the one thing you would change about FIFA or foot in general if you could change anything? Ben? Ooh. Um, I, you know what? I would take the... Mm, I kind of want to answer. I would take the real world money component out of it altogether. Uh, unless you truly were, you know, the like verified or whatever pros. Um, 
just because I think that would have a dramatic impact on how the rest of the game looks um, hmm. and feels. But I guess, you know, I just always want gameplay to be better. You know, if the game, playing the game is fun and rewarding in, and there's various uh, uh, variances in game from game to game, excuse me, uh, you know, then I think they can kind of do whatever they want in Ultimate Team as long as we enjoy actually getting in there and playing. And, you know, whether you do yeah. or don't, unfortunately, there's too many people that don't really enjoy it as much as they probably wish they could. I'm one of those people. There you go. And it's mainly because of the inconsistency of the gameplay, like you said. Um, when I go to play, you know, squad battles is different, right? Because it changes based on the team you're playing because you're playing on your team's chemistry rating. Is that That's how it goes, right? Yeah. So if I play Rivals or Weekend League, one game can feel really snappy and really responsive, and the next game can feel like you're playing underwater in quicksand. Mm. Um, it's just really hard to develop a rhythm when you have the inconsistency and this isn't anything new. This has been, this has been a problem uh, as far back as I can remember since they went to the frostbite game engine. I don't know if that has anything to do with it or not, but um, it's the inconsistency that I, I hear from a lot of people in the community that really frustrates them. So that would be my thing. Make it consistent, um, which is pretty close to what you were talking about. What about you, Steve? I, I agree with that. I mean, I don't know anybody who wouldn't agree with that. Um, I think that, you want to come out of the game feeling like you had a fair crack of the whip, that, that you had as yeah. much chance as your opponent, and often with delay in that, it doesn't always feel that way. So, you know, the frustration of losing and walking away empty-handed can be compounded, really, by, by feeling that the uh, the playing field wasn't perhaps level. Whether that's a server issue, whether it's a coding issue, I don't know, but it's certainly something that, that needs to be looked at. The other thing... Um, Back to skill-based matchmaking. Um, I'm not sure what the answer is, but I don't think that it's really working the way things are at the moment. I'd like to see some sort of tournament where something along the lines of the FA Cup where there's no skill-based matchmaking. So potentially your, I don't know, Macclesfield could get a tie against Manchester City. You know, you could have somebody who's down in Division 8 matching up against a, a Div 2, Div 3 player. Chances are they'll get hammered, but you never know. You know, on any given day, they could maybe get the uh, the win, and it would just it would enable people to have more fun. I think you know, it's it's nice occasionally just to smash somebody four or five nil without too much hassle. It's not so great to be on the receiving end of it, but uh, I'd like to see some sort of game mode where where the matchmaking is just a bit more free and easy. I think I think that's something that's missing a bit, like the daily knockout tournaments that we used to have. You know, I, I, it's, it's, I'd like to add one other thing, and sorry about that. Um, you know, I'd like to, you know, one of the things I've loved about past FIFA's was like the world cup edition or they'd have like a Euro mode in one, I think it was like 2008 or something like that. And it was really fun. You kind of just, Hey, you win this group here and now you move to a new country and you play a bunch of teams here and then move up and then you try and progress all the way through. I'd like to see more of, instead of just things like squad battles or, rivals that are just a week-to-week kind of nothing more long-term um yes uh like kind of modes like not quite career mode or not quite this long-term like champions league thing but like just more break it up instead of week to week or how they used to do it you know week to week and month to month like just 
give us something more long, more planned out and more mapped out over the long haul of the game instead of just, okay, each week is this isolated thing and it's just kind of annoying. I think it's something that Nepenthes has banged the table quite hard for and it's an idea that I like. Something that they've kind of touched on with the um, Foot Academy stars, the the Rainiers, the Cucurellas, um, Fafana. Mm. I, I, I think there'd be a lot to be said for giving everybody cards at the start of the cycle. Maybe all cards, I don't know. But certainly giving people some kind of cards at the start of the game where they can hit objectives. And if you score, I don't know, say 10 finesse goals with a striker, then they get upgraded in certain areas of stats up to the point where you can max them out to be, you know, real end game cards in line with the power curve. I think that would, I think that'd be a real breath of fresh air and give people a reason to grind the game throughout the entire cycle and be rewarded for it. Yeah. Sort of like, uh, you know, we have these friendlies now they can kind of, create whatever they want with these friendly game modes. You can even do a foot Academy mode where you can progress it, right? So every season, the objectives restart just for these foot Academy players, right? So you can do like a U21 version or something. And any player that's 21 or under, you can progress them so far. Let's say you pick 11 at the start of the game, right? And you, you, now that would be a critical pick because they would last you all season, but those 11 players, you can progress them every season. And to the end, where they could be competitive with team of the season caliber cards at the same time. Yeah, exactly. I'd like to see that. And and you know you'd have objectives based in squad battles, div rivals, weekend league. You know, so it would encourage people to engage yeah. with all the different game modes. I think. I think it's a great idea. Credit Nepenthes for that. Really, I've stolen that from him. Yeah, uh, I've seen some of the screenshots that he started sharing last year when they introduced these cars, and it's it's a really really great idea. I hope they're gonna, I guess, move towards that direction. Give us something fresh because it we've said it before. It needs a rebuild foot in general, but I'm not going to beat a dead horse on that one. Um, anything else foot related you guys want to talk about before we move on? No, I think I'm good. Tough crowd. Yeah, no, not that <laughs> I can think of. So. The Foot Fanatic podcast, I'll talk about this for a second. That that podcast has been my favorite for a long time. It's it's entertaining. It's not boring. You're not going to fall asleep while listening to it. I really appreciate that podcast and just want to let you guys know that. How long ago did you start it? Um, we started... Or was it you that started it? Uh, I started it... So basically what happened was when I was watching all those... Um, youtube videos and kind of starting to really get into ultimate team i was like all right because i've I've been in radio for a long time before that and doing podcasting all that stuff i started looking at the landscape and i was like oh i could do this and there was you know at at the time it was only you know really two shows really that were consistent and to me in podcasting consistency is one of the most important elements um would would that be foot weekly and foot fm at the time yeah so those two shows were going, and you know, there was others that had kind of come and gone, it seemed like. So I figured, okay, Alex is the one that keeps bothering me about this and get, really got me, by bothering me, got me into the game mode. And Alex has been doing podcasting with me. So, uh, and I had a relationship with the New England Revolution, and then I saw that John won the tournament and became their first pro FIFA player. So I contacted him and said, hey, let's do this. So we started it, what was it? I think it was the beginning of FIFA 18. It was when we started it or 19, 
Yeah, it must be 18 by now. Got to be 18 because I've been listening for a couple of years now. Seems like. Yeah, we've been doing it for a few years. I, I don't remember exactly how long. Um, so that's kind of when we started it and we were recording from a studio. So it was, sounded really good. Um, you know, and then we just kind of kept rolling and I told John, we got to just do it every single week. I think the first episode I ever listened to, you were talking about pineapples on pizza. I don't know if you remember that. <laughs> I was like, this is my kind that's of like podcast. a long, uh, that, you know what that is? Uh, I'll tell you, those are just radio tricks, bringing up stupid little things like that, that people are going to argue about. And you can get strong opinions about the dumbest little things and it creates just an easy conversation to have. Yeah. Um, you know, and that that's, we've done that on the radio a million times, you know, that same type of conversation, but just in different ways with different things that kind of spark with people. Um, so that was one of the things when I looked at the landscape was foot weekly, very good. They do a great job. It's nice and smooth, you know, foot FM, it's very different from foot weekly, but it's got its own merits and it's pretty good. And I, I liked what they were doing, but I kind of looked at it and said, okay, there needs to be more. And this is where Alex and I came from. Let's put more sports radio into this mm. and see if we can kind of change it up a little bit. Yeah. What do, what do you mean by that, Ben? Exactly. What, what do you mean by putting more sports radio into it? The, the more sort of, I don't know, skip Bayless and yeah, uh, like ESPN first the guys name. the banner, the back. Uh, and forth. I wouldn't, yeah. You know, a little bit, but it was just kind of like, I see that. I think that's a bad example, you know, just because when I, when I'm talking sports radio, that's four hours of live content every single day. So it's just kind of like, you can talk about the sports all you want, but give me as much personality because that's, what's going to hook me truly into your show. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I was like, all right, let's get more of the personality in there and, you know, not worry too much about the fine details of the game because Ultimately, if we entertain you, you'll come back no matter what we say. You know, and then along not, came, and then along came Simon. Along came my old friend Simon and <laughs> fucked all that up. Yeah, what were you thinking, getting Simon <laughs> on the podcast, man? Jeez. Um, yeah, so it was getting tough, just John and I, and it was particularly over the summer. It was really difficult for us to try and do shows, and I was just like, I just need someone else on this show to help in terms of, um delivering content someone that's a little deeper into the space and particularly we were john and i were both looking for someone who had far more extensive knowledge on the trading space because that's not yeah. for us that was neither of us are you know uh, an area we were overly qualified to talk about and you know simon would message us from time to time and then i just put it out there and simon hit me up and we talked and i was like all right and the other side of it too is like okay he's british he sounds good he's got a good voice uh, he's pretty smooth. So, you know, I looked at him and I was like, all right, this could work. So let's see what happens. Certainly. He knows what he's talking about, to be fair, Simon. I know he comes in for a lot of stick, bless him, but um, he, he, he does understand foot. He's got a good foot brain. And uh, you, you've got somebody to be the butt of your jokes. So what could be what could be more perfect? And I told him that from the very beginning. I was like, hey, we're going to, you know, we like to bust balls hard. So we're going to fuck with you. And that's what we're going to do. So, um, you know, give it back. Like, mess with us, too. Like, I don't want it yeah. to be a one-way street where we're just abusing you. I want, you know, <laughs> us to be able to make fun of each other. And, you know, it took him a little while to get more and more comfortable with it. But he's definitely gotten better at that. And he tries to screw with me when I'm doing, like, the intros and stuff. like. And I like all that stuff. question I've got about the, the way things work on the pod is... 
I mean, John is obviously in in terms of who's the best player there. John is obviously head and shoulders. You know, he's a pro. Then I would think that Simon is quite comfortably second best, and you're probably sort of in third place, Ben. Which is, you know, nothing wrong with being third, particularly. Oh, that's a hundred percent how it is. I'm not. Yeah, because that was the other side too. When we created it, you know, I wanted there to be three levels to it. And that's why it was me, Alex, and John. So I was like, okay, the pro, great. He can talk about things we can't talk about. He can give us, and that's why we used to start with the pro's tip. And like, you know, he would give out a skill move and, you know, not just how to do the skill move, but the timing of it or something like that and the positioning of it. And then in my mind, I was like, oh, Alex knows this game mode much better than I do. Um, You know, he'll be the kind of intermediate guy and then I'll be the beginner, but I'm also going to host it. So I can at least go over to them without, talking too too much because i am the beginner so people that are more advanced than me aren't going to want to hear too much of what i have to say they're going to want to hear john so let me make sure it throws to him as much as possible and keeps that kind of wheel moving um but then i kind of realized i was like alex plays a lot but i don't think he really is as deeply embedded into it as i became so then it became now i'm the intermediate one and alex was kind of the beginner because he would say things like just press the jump button i was like you can't say just press the jump button. What are you talking about? What's the button on the controller? And, or, you know, stuff like that. That's how Steve coaches me, to be honest. <laughs> has, has, has John ever tried coaching you? Me? Yeah. No. I've no. never asked. No. Ne- never had any sort of direct input? Not, no, we've never played. That surprises me. Year, well, we kind of we don't live that close to each other, and mm. you know, obviously we could play online, but it's a factor. Um, but we just, I don't know, we just never have. I, to be honest with you, I he would if we played against each other, he would absolutely destroy me. So it wouldn't be that fun for me, and it probably wouldn't even be that fun for him either. It would just be kind of for a laugh, um, you know. So just we never really did. It was I always acknowledged that I wasn't even close to his level and. To be honest with you, most people that are doing podcasts about this are probably better than I am at this point because I've wildly regressed in the last three years. I think it'd make for uh, great streaming material for JKO. If you're tuning in, JKO, I think you need to uh, do a live online coaching session with Ben here. I'll tune in for that. We could do that. <laughs> it, it, would be, uh, it, would be, it would be an event. It would absolutely be an event. I'd do that. You'd be like, uh, Ben, you only know one thing to do. And if you can't do that, you're lost. So let's work on other things to do in this game. You know, uh, that's pretty much what it would be. I think it was last year you came out and you were talking about Litmanen and how you liked Litmanen. And mm-hmm. Litmanen was one of the first icons I ever got my hands on a couple of years ago. Um, I packed him. I think it was his mid version. And I was so pumped. I was like, I got an icon. I never got an icon before, you know, and I threw him in the game and I loved him. He was so good. And then, and then I hear people hating on Lippman and like, oh, he's, he's trash. And I look at how cheap he is. And I'm like, dude, this is a, it's a diamond in the rough, man. And he's still a pretty solid card if you look at it. I mean, for what you pay, I, I don't understand why, uh, why they give you so much flack over Lippman and man. Uh, well, most people only care about the pace merchants. Uh, I mean, that that's the reality. And when I looked at Littmanen, I did pack him and I was like, all right, screw it. Let's play with him. Because if I re, if I sold him, it was like 300,000 coins. And at that point, I had a couple million. So I was like, let's screw it. Let's play with him. 
And what I realized was some of the guys that are really, really fast, I screw myself up with. So the guys that are kind of a step below them, I have an easier time controlling. Mm. Um, and that's partly my own fault because, you know, I, I still have bad habits when it comes to R2. Mm. Um, so the guys that didn't have as much pace, I could find myself, if I started to make a mistake, I could work my way out of it a little bit quicker than some of the faster guys. Cause then I could work with the faster guys. I'd work myself into trouble faster. Yeah. Um, so guys like Lippmann and, you know, I looked at him and I was like, okay, he can kind of do everything, but he just doesn't really have much speed. And when I was playing him, I was thinking, I think I was playing him in a four, two, three, one with much faster cams surrounding him. Mm -hmm. And to me, it just kind of worked as a metronome right in the middle of that. And so I looked at it and I was like, I don't know why everyone hates on him, but you know, I didn't absolutely love him and be like, this is the greatest player of all time. But I was like, this is going to be my guy because everyone else is crapping on him and I'm banging in goals with him. Yeah. I mean, for the money, he's, he's great. Um, he's got that, that openness factor. I think it's really <laughs> smart as well because it's one of the most common <laughs> problems that I come across when I'm coaching is people who do just abuse sprint far too much. And it's, it's not your friend nine times out of 10 when people use it, it's, it's just not helping them. It, it forces people into making decisions much more quickly than they need to. People will sprint into blind alleys and dead ends all the time. And, you know, if if I could only ever give anybody one piece of coaching advice, it would be stop using the sprint button, especially in the final third. I think, Steve, you can attest to this. I am exhibit A of, <laughs> of that sprinting too much. As soon as Steve nailed that point home to me and I stopped sprinting so much, my game improved mm. tenfold. It's... You just you you sprint and you you want to get the ball upfield so fast. Which where I play in South Texas, like we play on these Central American servers, and it is pure sweat. It's direct. It's four one two one two. It's four three two one. It's back to front. There's hardly ever any buildup, and you just fall into that that rhythm. And uh, I mean, I'm sure you've seen it before. You play against somebody like that, and you find yourself playing the same way they are, just trying to counter them because mm -hmm. they're being so aggressive, and you end up just running out of space. It's very easily done. I, I often joke when I I can normally spot without knowing where somebody comes from if, if they're sending me a coaching video from the States or from Europe um, because you guys in the States, this is a rule of thumb, you know, it doesn't apply to everybody, but generally speaking, um, you tend to translate the game of basketball onto a, a football pitch where it's, it's almost as if you're playing with a 24-second shot clock and everything is just rushed so fast. It's all sort of half-court press and fast breaks and it just it doesn't work well in FIFA. And if, if you talk to any great sportsman, you know, they, they talk about being in the zone and what they'll tend to say when they're in the zone is that the game slows down for them. And that's really where you want to be with foot. You know, you want the game to be slowing down for you so you've got more time to make better decisions. And by sprinting around everywhere and, you know, this sort of, fast break kind of build up style and the 24 second shot clock. You just, you're not putting yourself in a good position. Yeah. Hunter clarify for me. Cause I could definitely hear Texas in your voice. Where specifically in Texas? Houston. All right. But uh, I'm actually, I'm living in Louisiana now right on the border of Texas, but lived in Houston for a long time. Gotcha. So did you catch the, uh, I don't think Steve caught it. He might not have heard, heard last week's episode of foot fanatic. I, the, the OP I caught it. <laughs> I caught it. What's this? Oh, so Simon, oh, you, you haven't ahead. heard of the O penis factor? <laughs> um, I haven't. No. Mm. Oh, 
Is that in this week's pod? I haven't heard this week's pod. Yeah. Yeah. It's this week's. I think I'm going to put it in the Urban Dictionary as well. Can I do that? Can I just submit? O-penis. I would, yeah. <laughs> How would you spell it? O-P-N-E-S-S? Or... No, O-P-E-N-I-S. Oh, you would actually spell O-penis? Yeah, why not? Oh. I don't think he caught it the first time when he said it either. I don't think he did either. <laughs> I just heard it right away and I was like, what did he just say? Because did, did I'm usually half listening. And he says something mildly interesting. I'm going to be like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, that was really funny. You were talking about sports radio. So you have a background in sports radio or anything like that? Sounds like you kind of do. Yeah, I've been in radio for, how long have I been in radio? 15 years. Oh, wow. Uh, um, yeah, yeah. So, and I've been in sports radio for 10 years. I was a... Uh, I was executive producer of a WEI in Boston and I produced podcast uh, executive producer of a podcast. And now I host a weekend show for one of their affiliates. Um, nice. Yeah. So I, I've been doing that forever. And I've also for the last couple of years been doing podcasting, you know, more during the week and kind of ju- just radio on the weekends. So did you work in a studio or have you always worked from home? Oh no, I was in the studio. I was, Oh, you're spending 20, four hours a week in a tiny little studio with another person. And when I say a tiny little studio, I mean, it's like six by six, eight by eight. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's tough. Yeah. And he's one of my, he's become one of my best friends in the world, but still it's, it's a lot of time just to be in there with one person in a very confined space. So presumably you root for all the Boston sports teams as well, I guess. Um, yeah, I, I'm not as big a fan as I used to be. Uh, the business kind of, uh, we can't be that. friends. Um, <laughs> the business changes it because you kind of, let me give you an example. So when the Patriots are on, not quite now, like, let's go like five, six, seven, eight years ago, you know, you're watching the game and you're like, you know, if they lose this game, it's going to make for a better week of radio. Um, <laughs> because you know, the storyline, it'll be more captivating. There'll be more to talk about. Because uh, if they just win, it was just like, okay, it's another win. la di da di da Like, there's not a whole ton to talk about. So it kind of changes the the way you look at the teams you love covering. So if I did sports radio in a different market where I didn't grow up loving those teams, I'd probably go back to being, like, completely in love with those teams. But it, you kind of get jaded a little bit. And not only that, mm. you start to know all the, uh, the gross stuff behind the scenes you don't really want to know that kind of get you jaded. What do you mean the gross stuff? Um, some of the, like, I'm not going to give examples, but you learn about some of the way things are handled behind the scenes. You start to learn uh. about what these people are really like um, because you're kind of, you're in closer proximity to them. So you start to learn like the players and what they're really like when the media is not around, even though you're kind of around, you start right. to learn who's a complete asshole and, you know, even if it's the player you thought you loved and every time you saw him give an interview, he was great. And then it turns out when the cameras are off or the microphones are off, he's just a dick. Um, mm. And you start I'll to hear that. more yeah. of that stuff. Yeah. Don't go there, Steve. I know where you want to go. Well, I, uh, yeah. But don't take Tom's name in vain. Tom? We're not going to run Tom Brady down, okay? Oh, I, 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 don't start me on that. I'd never stop. <laughs> the art of cheating. Oh, here we go. Did he cheat in Tampa Speak, too? Speaking as a Jets fan, obviously. Well, no, yeah. but the, the, he, he got a lot of um, 
he got a lot of favourable calls in the Super Bowl, didn't he? I think we can probably say that much. Moving on. Um, <laughs> Who did, what, what about a soccer team, a football team? Do you support any particular yeah. football team? But uh, Well, I always want the Revs to do well. Um, but I don't have this like deep seated attachment to them. So, you know, in 98, in the summer of 98, my family took a trip to London for 10 days and it was during the world cup when it was in France. And that was when Michael Owen was going bananas and I played soccer or football as a kid. And, you know, just kind of watching him, I was like, this is amazing. This is awesome. You kind of get swept up into it. And I was like, oh, who does he play for? He, oh, he plays for Liverpool. Okay. And that's kind of just how I became a fan of Liverpool. Not like really deeply attached to it. I was kind of just more a fan of Michael Owen. And then when John Henry bought the team mm. and I had kind of already known him as a like distant acquaintance through media, um, I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Now there's something else here. And then I started covering Liverpool and that's how I became a fan. And I got some to interview some pretty cool people because of it. Nice. So fan of Liverpool and I've got to have conversations about them with John Henry, the owner of the team and got to interview Ian Rush. Oh, wow. That's neat. Yeah. Steve, have you ever met any famous soccer players? I I used to work in uh in soccer journalism on this stuff, yeah. Oh a lot. yeah, that's right. You were um, right? Or a journalist. Yeah, in a in a previous life. Um it's I, I mean I can climb on board absolutely with what Ben says that uh you, you can get quite disillusioned quite easily and quite quickly when you uh when you do get to know some of these people. A, a lot of them are, are, are good guys. Um a lot of them, I would say as a general rule, the majority of them are decent guys because you don't get to the level that they're at by being a complete dick. But the the ones who are complete dicks can certainly make up for the ones who aren't. Um, I, I just, I mean, I, I, I'll give you one example. I won't name names, but I've I've been in a in a bar with a number of, of Premier League players. Um. And one in particular, just uh, there's, there's a guy at the bar and he's wearing a baseball cap. And uh, this player played for Chelsea, actually, I'll say that much. He was, he was an ex-Chelsea player. And he was in there with a group of mates and he was just sort of goading this guy at the bar with his baseball cap, going like, hey, mate, you know, come on, give me a baseball cap. I want to take a photo with, with your cap on. And this guy was just sort of shrugging it off and what have you and just you know, a bit embarrassed and what have you. And uh, they kept on at him and eventually took his cap off, threw it over to the guy, and he just watched it land at his feet and then just carried on drinking and laughing with his mates. That kind of dickish behaviour, you know, this was somebody who came across to the media as being really great guy, you know. I guess, I guess everybody's got that in them to an extent, but it's it's disappointing when you see that sort of thing. I, I wanted to walk over to him and uh, put him straight, but uh, I didn't, so there's that. Scared, must have been a big guy. I did, but I'm a pretty big guy, Hunter. How big are you, Steve? Uh, with my Nike Airs on about six foot five. Oh, wow. <laughs> he had to throw that in there with my Nike Airs. I'm probably that age where I started shrinking, actually. But no, I, I think I'm probably about, about six three, maybe six four. Mm. Taller than me, man. Taller than me. There we go. Look at you, you giant. <laughs> yeah. It has its advantages and disadvantages, and it's true what they say about people with big feet. Big sucks. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Figured that. What's your favorite uh, 
sports radio show? Um, I don't listen to a ton of them during the week anymore. Uh, I listen to local stuff, but I'm mostly listening to podcasts. So I'll, I'll find myself listening to Simmons probably mostly, you know, for basketball. I, I yeah. keep it separate because I like the people that are embedded in their sport. That's the one problem I have with sports radio sometimes is we have to kind of know everything about each sport. Whereas if you kind of look at podcasts, you can find guys that know way more about their individual sports. So it's like, I'll go to this guy for, uh, for basketball. I'll go to this guy for baseball. I'll go to this guy for football. Yeah. That's, that's kind of why I like, uh, the herd. He kind of covers it all, which Colin Cowherd keeps me entertained and, uh, there you go. That's all that matters as long as he entertains you. Yeah. And of course, he's he's British, isn't he? So No. Colin Cowherd? Isn't he? No, no he's from Oregon. Yeah. I thought I thought Colin Cowherd had some sort of British heritage. Maybe. I'm sure I mean, we all we, have some. We kind of all do. Well, that's true. Yeah, the better parts of you, I guess. You guys were kind of like, you know, the professional athletes of your day, just kind of flinging it everywhere. And you just had a bunch of kids that you didn't even know about. <laughs> The His sun mother never was sets. British. Yeah, the sun never sets because you've got kids everywhere. Mm. Well, I, I mean, I can't take personal responsibility for that, but yeah. Mm, I've heard some rumors. Pretty sure you got a few out there, buddy. Well, yes, maybe. Um, His doorbell's about to ring. <laughs> moving swiftly back to Colin Coward. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> his, his, um, his mother was British, so he's technically half British. Can we say we can half claim him? I think he's technically American. He is. His father was an optometrist, as if you didn't know. Oh, an he optometrist? A, yeah. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. I thought you spoke English. I do. Yeah, <laughs> English. Um, we're a what is what's the old saying that we're a, we're two countries separated by a common language. Yeah, it's it is incredibly true. It is. No doubt. Aluminum. Um, Aluminium. Let me ask you, let me ask you, you guys a question. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think someone brought it up on our show at some point. Maybe it was a question from the audience. I don't know. But it was basically like, do you have a breaking point with this game? And, mm-hmm. you know, the way the game has been headed the last couple of years, do you think you could find yourself falling off and just, you know, either dropping down to a completely casual player or maybe just, saying, you know what, I'm not going to buy the next one. I'll just, I'll skip a year. Steve? Um, I've got a vested interest in not doing that, obviously, because uh, my livelihood depends on it. Um, I do, I, my engagement, really, I, I, I couldn't call myself a casual player because I grind it. I, I try and stay up with the curve. I'm not somebody who will religiously play foot champs every weekend or I won't have to two accounts going, you know, I know a lot of guys. Simon does, doesn't he? I don't think he does it anymore, but he used to have an RTG and a pay to win. Yeah. Um, I think John still does. I, I've, I've never really been one of them guys. Um, obviously play a lot to keep abreast of what's happening. Um, but I, I do approach it quite casually, I suppose. Um, th- there wouldn't be a day where, I, I mean, unless – Unless I was no longer connected to it financially, I'd always be involved with foot, I think. Um, but yeah, I, I'm the same as anybody else. I, I hope for a better game every year. Um, I think this year we've got a good game. I think that I think it's the best balanced game that we've had for a long, long time. Um, but the same old problem is that because of the 
whether, you know, I don't know if it's server issues or coding issues. The gameplay is let down by, by different components. And it must be, I, I would hate to be one of the gameplay devs at EA um, because they must know that they're rolling out pretty good games year in, year out. And they're being let down by uh, by other areas for whatever reasons. Yeah. As far as the, the breaking point, I think I always fall off eventually within the first two weeks of team of the season. I'm kind of just like over it and I'll taper off and start playing more clubs or play a different game. But I've actually tapered off earlier this year than any other year. Um, but I don't think that's because of the game. I think it's just because of other things that I'm involved with personally uh, outside of foot. So it's a, like we said earlier, just more commitments, more things going on that outweigh the, the benefits of playing foot. So, um, but yeah, I definitely get tired of it. And um, I guess you could say bored with it sometimes, but um, last year I fell off pretty early and then they came out with summer heat and I was right back in it. I mean, those kind of promos, the ones you can grind for players, that's what keeps people engaged. And um, like we said earlier, we need more of that. I think there's a there's a natural ebb and flow. I think a lot of players at this time of the year particularly do tend to tail off and then come back for team of the season. But I think that's quite healthy in a way. I think it's healthy to have a break from it and you come back feeling much more refreshed and probably enjoy it a bit more. Oh, you need it, man. Um, you need that break. But I, I think as well that it's, I mean, it never ceases to amaze me that the tolerance for bullshit that the, the FIFA community has. And I wonder if other communities would necessarily have it. Um, I mean, I, I don't really want to go into this in any great depth because it's been covered elsewhere, but the people to talk to about um, about giving up foot because you become disillusioned are really the two Matts from the Footstock podcast, Matt Aguilera and Matt Lamborn, mm. um, where they just, with Chemgate, um, because EA basically ducked the issue because the community weren't prepared to hold them accountable and they tried to and received no support whatsoever. Um that was just sheer disillusionment and it, it turned Matt Aguilera away from the game for, for years. Um, so, yeah, it can happen. Um, and really, I, I don't know. I, I, it's one of those things, isn't it? Would, would it be a good thing for people to actually down tools and walk away from the game? Would it achieve anything? I don't know. It's a tricky one. EA are making you know millions, God knows how much each year. So nothing's going to change very quickly, is it, really? No, as long as they keep making money, nothing's going to change. That the only way to impact that is to stop the flow of money. Otherwise, nothing's going to change. I mean, that's the only way you get to businesses. You know, I've been inside of these businesses. You guys have been inside. When I say business, I mean corporations. You know, you know yeah. what it's like to work for one, and you mm -hmm. understand that really, at the end of the day, they only care about the bottom line. None of the other bullshit matters. Whatever you say, hey, this isn't working. They don't like this. Well, they go, well, we're making record profit, so why would we change? Yep. And yeah. and that's how it works. Yeah. And I think that's that's actually a, a good point because that's something the community, if they don't understand, they really should understand that. Uh, like when Kurt started going after devs a couple of years ago and got himself banned, I think these devs are just as frustrated as we are because it's their product that they're trying to perfect. And if they don't get the infrastructure, they need to run that product. I can see how that would be extremely frustrating for them. You know? Absolutely. Uh, you know, I, you got to think like their careers on the line too, from the sense that if, you know, on their resume or CV, whatever you want to call it is, Hey, I was a lead developer of FIFA 21 and it was 
you know, widely thought of in the community that that game was a disaster. But in reality, EA can be like, we made $300 million off of that game. What are you talking about? Or whatever it is. Yep. The next studio won't really care so much that that studio made, that EA made $300 million off that game. They're going to look at that developer and be like, you know, it seems like you kind of created a crappy game. It just EA's marketing overruled your crappiness. We don't have that same marketing arm. So I don't know if we can bring you in. So you, you kind of got to look at that with their eye too. And it, mm-hmm. backing you up with what you said about them is they're probably just as frustrated and looking to go like, why can't we change these things we know we need to change? Well, because the the bosses are saying, why would we change anything? Yeah. Record quarter after record quarter. It's working. Yeah. And of course, the other problem there as well is that, I mean, effectively, EA have got a monopoly, haven't they? I mean, there's, there's Pez, but it's it's not really competitive in terms particularly in terms of a foot sort of rival so you know there's there's nobody pushing them to uh to get better i guess i think that's a big problem yeah and that started with madden years and years and years ago that started this whole you know in the early 2000s snowball rolling where they bought exclusive rights because they were worried about uh, a 2k game i think it was because they had already seen how what 2k did to nba live and so they bought up the exclusive rights so they wouldn't have competition and then this the whole thing snowballed from there where people are getting exclusive rights and you know the the players associations are getting in bed with companies like EA so they have an easier way to get you know the rights across the board so it's it's frustrating because EA created this system where they used to have competition and they used to get beat on some of their games straight up get beat and knocked out of the equation like NBA Live was knocked out for years came back and then got knocked out again well, they uh, gave up on it didn't they for a spell yeah, and then they tried to bring it back, and it got crushed again. Um, and now you look at it with NBA 2K, since they haven't had very much competition over the last couple of years, people are starting to get frustrated with their game because they're feeling like it's gotten stagnant. So, you know, it, it, it's a vicious cycle. When you eliminate your competition, you do not strive to be better. You just milk in the profits, and you think because you're breaking record numbers in terms of revenue, you think you're doing well, when the reality is is people just crave this content and you're the only one that can deliver it to them you know i'm surprised that hasn't actually happened with fifa the um like ben you probably remember this the ncaa football yeah that was my favorite game i used to play that game religiously before i got into foot and they stopped making that game because of the gray area i guess about having college players and they wouldn't even have their names on the jerseys but it would be depicted of the real teams and mm-hmm. the players couldn't get any money from that. So they just scrapped the whole thing. Is that pretty much what caused that? Do you know? Yeah. So what happened was they were, the NCAA games were using their likenesses, but you know, and sometimes would use their names uh, in certain instances, but um, they weren't compensated. And the NCAA doesn't allow the athletes under its umbrella to be compensated in any way. Yet the NCAA was being compensated. Mm-hmm. So Ed O'Bannon, who used to play basketball for the UCLA Bruins, um, headed this lawsuit and won and beat them. And so they couldn't, they, they said, Hey, we could still make the games, but what's the point without the likenesses, no one's going to buy it. Um, right. which I don't think is overly true, but I think they just got their, their asses kicked and was like, fine, you get nothing. Yeah. I've heard it's coming back though. Yeah. So we'll see. <laughs> We'll see how that works. I, I don't know if I'll give it a chance because I think uh, one EA property is enough for me. No doubt about it. Well, 
I think that wraps us up. Uh, anything else you guys want to add? No, here. I just want to say thank you for having me on. Thank you for you know listening to our show and you know Steve as I. I told you before, thank you for being, you know, one of the first people in the community to kind of give us a little support and a little pat on the back. And we really do appreciate it. And thank you for coming on our show last couple of weeks. Hunter, we're going to have to have you on the show, you know, coming up soon because it's been uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you as well. I appreciate it. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Um, Where can they find your podcast? Uh, Anywhere and everywhere. Uh, Apple podcast. You can find it. It doesn't matter. Just type in foot fanatic podcast. It's on all of the. Uh, podcast catchers out there even the ones i've never even heard of yeah yeah i remember when i when i started pushing ours out there was all these other platforms that i wasn't used to well you because you know of like apple you know of spotify and maybe google or maybe two other stitcher or something and you're like all right what the hell's deezer all right what the hell's Castbox? what the hell's this and then you're like oh okay and then you realize you're on a lot of places you never signed up to be never agreed to be and you're just there yeah whatever works you can follow the Foot Fanatic podcast at Podcast Foot. That's for you, Steve, because you told Ben that I wasn't well researched host. <laughs> I I didn't. Yeah, I did. Yeah, you did. Yeah. Uh, where can they find you on uh, Twitter, Steve? Me um, at the Foot Coach. What about Twitch? Ah, uh, you won't find me on Twitch at the moment. It's been ages since I've streamed. I'm gonna get uh, you back I'd- on stream. Yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to start streaming again once team of the season, once we hit that stage. Um, to be honest with you, there's just there's not that much to do at the moment. Um, I could kick around with a few novelty squads, I suppose, but I'd rather have some sort of purpose, and I think that the next real window for that, realistically, is going to be team of the season, which I'm looking forward to. You know, I mean, not just uh, kicking around hype for the sake of it. I love team of the season. Um, I, I love all the objectives that come out around the team of the season time. And I love playing with those juiced cards and against those juiced cards as well. So um, if people want to sort of follow in anticipation of that, perhaps it's twitch.tv forward slash the foot coach. Um, but yeah, that's it. That's uh, that's my socials pretty much. All right. Well, thank you all for listening. And we hope you enjoy this special episode of Extra Time Footballers Edition. And we look forward to speaking to you next time. See you guys later. Bye. Goodbye. Sports Social Podcast Network.